Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort. Chris Wedekin is the owner, and he tells us why many homeowners are giving up their air conditioners for a high-efficiency heat pump. By removing your air conditioner and replacing it with a heat pump, you are not only saving by getting a higher-efficiency air conditioner, the heat pump works in reverse and saves you money in the wintertime as well. See if a heat pump is the right move for you by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. So yesterday, right about showtime, we started getting reports that Russia dropped a couple bombs in Poland, right next to Ukraine's border, right? A couple errant missiles, yeah, right? Yeah, something like that. And then all of a sudden, social media starts blowing up. World War Three, uh, hashtag nuke, just going absolute nuts. And I'm, we're, we're looking at each other thinking, wait, hold on. This doesn't make any sense. So uh, let's fast forward to about 24 hours later. We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Francis Martel, world editor at Breitbart, to kind of take us through this. How are you, Francis? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Can, can we start yesterday with the initial reports that, that Russian missiles hit inside uh, Poland's border? Yes, uh, absolutely. So um, I think it was around 3 p.m. local time in Poland also that the explosions struck. There were multiple explosions, two people confirmed dead, and that was kind of all we knew for a few hours. Um, and then some photos started circulating of the debris from the explosion, and there was a lot of sort of heated Twitter debate over what they meant, what sort of missiles it looked like. Um, and by the end of the day, you know, our time in the United States, um, the uh, Polish presidency was saying, you know, as far as we know, this doesn't look like an intentional attack. Um, and the, the Biden administration, to its credit, uh, was very quick to say, we're not doing anything rash. We're going to wait um, and see what develops. And so now we're here today. Uh, uh, by the way, the Ukrainian government immediately said the Russians bombed Poland. Yes. You know, time for NATO to to get involved. Um, and now today, what we know from the Polish government is it looks like a Ukrainian air defense missile was responsible. And we still don't know what that means. What we know is that um, it was either a Russian missile that was flying into Ukraine, intercepted by a Ukrainian missile, and then ended up in Poland, or it was a Ukrainian missile that was intending to hit a Russian missile and instead fell in Poland. We don't know for sure yet. Expand on that, if you would, just for a minute, uh, compare and contrast the reactions from, say, you know, leaders in Poland to Zelensky in Ukraine immediately saying, we must act. Sure. Um, so there were a few European allies that were a little bit with Zelensky and saying, you know, if the Russians did this, we have to greatly expand the response. Uh, bombing Poland is completely unacceptable. But Zelensky, and, and I say him personally, because he didn't send out any underlings or spokesmen to make these claims. He put out a video of him talking, and he tweeted from his account saying the Russians bombed Poland, and we need the world to end this this Russian regime, basically. Um, if, if not in those exact words, um, the intent was clear. He was saying Russia, he used the word terrorist. He described the Russian government as terrorist. Um, and he said, you know, it's impossible to have world peace if we keep having these Russians here. And as far as I could tell, right before I hopped on the call with 
you guys, um, the Ukrainian government is still saying that they think it's a Russian missile. They're not necessarily saying anymore that the Russians shot the missile, but they're saying it definitely wasn't our missile. So we don't know for sure why they're claiming that yet, um, but that's where things stand now. But ultimately, Francis, it feels like Zelensky rushing to judge when he didn't know exactly what was going on yet, trying to basically trigger everybody into this war with Russia. That can't be overlooked. That's incredibly dangerous, I feel like. Yes, absolutely. And this is classic Zelensky. Um, I feel like a lot of people started paying attention to him after February when the war escalated. But if you were monitoring him as a president um, since, you know, 2019 when he was elected, he's very prone to uh, quick bouts of anger, you know, public outbursts. This is nothing new. Um, And, you know, the the outbursts I remember the most are um, when he got implicated in Trump's impeachment and they tried to drag him into it. He would have these very public outbursts of like, this is none of my business. I don't care. Leave me out of it. And the other one was last year when um, Biden lifted sanctions on Russia. He came out and, and just started destroying Biden in, in public, saying, you know, this is this is going to lead to war. This is horrible. Um, no filter. He's a very no filter guy. So um, this is not surprising to me. But um, that obviously doesn't diminish, you know, what a problem it is that you have this this unreal reliable narrator that is trying to dominate the the narrative. So, Francis, this is a loaded, one-sided question, and I'm well aware of this, but it feels like everybody puts Zelensky up on this pedestal. You've got Sean Penn wanting to give his Academy Award to Zelensky. People want him at award shows. Is he a shady guy? Because we're hearing stories about this. There's some controversy going on with the crypto story. You know, did they take part in some sort of money laundering cryptocurrency scheme? Is Zelensky a shady guy? Oof, that's a question. I mean, he's a politician. So, yeah, (laughs) every single person who has run for any office ever should be treated as shady, untrustworthy, not respected. That's that's my, you know, general answer. But I I know you want something more specific and I can give you that. Um, Ukrainian politics is very dirty and he won his election because he was an outsider. Um, So I wouldn't say he's shadier than other Ukrainian politicians. And I don't think his um, sort of rushing to worst case scenario uh, agitation is necessarily shady. I think that's just who he is. He's impulsive. Um, But he is not someone that we should be blindly trusting or, you know, elevating as, you know, beyond reproach because he's a politician. He ran for office. Therefore, you know, there's something wrong with him, to, to put it mildly. Yeah, uh, Francis Martell, world editor at Breitbart here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Now, yesterday, notwithstanding, am I crazy in thinking that his tone, Zelensky's tone, had started to change a little bit in terms of this expanded war with Russia? Uh, you know, no negotiations. And, the, and then I, I feel like the rhetoric kind of softened a little bit. No, it did. It absolutely did. I mean, last, you know, before this last bombing, he was talking about um, bringing people, like at COP27, which is a climate change conference, and he was invited to speak for some reason. (laughs) He said, um, you know, it is up to the rest of the world to pressure Russia into negotiations. 
um, just using the word negotiations was toning down what he was doing because in October he passed a decree saying that negotiations with Putin were impossible and he used the word impossible meaning we're not talking to the guy um, he made it clear that he'd talk to anybody else in the Russian government um, it, but he basically said it, we will talk if the Russians overthrow their president <laughs> which is um, a big ask <laughs> yeah. um, but you're right it had softened a little bit and that's I mean that's what I'm saying about Zelensky he's an impulsive guy he he had clearly changed the script um, for for a couple of weeks and then you know this one event happens and he just shows up online immediately and starts yeah. you know yeah and that shows you how quickly crap like this can spin out of control which is really just kind of scary when you think about it but it doesn't make any sense at all that russians would bomb a nato country they can barely keep up with how are the russians faring in ukraine right now Poorly. Um, you know, and, and I, my rule of thumb is if I'll only believe something about this war if both the Russian government and the Ukrainian government agree and say the same thing about it. And they both agree that Russian troops left Kherson, which is uh, a territory north of Crimea that they had taken. Putin had annexed it. And they withdrew most of their forces from there. Zelensky was in the city of uh, Kherson on Monday. He was there celebrating raising the Ukrainian flag. That's a major loss for the Russians, and the Russians don't deny that they withdrew. So it wasn't looking that good. The tide can always turn if Putin decides to send a huge wave of reinforcements. So I'm not saying, you know, the war was about to end or anything, but the momentum was clearly not on their side. Um, so yeah, bombing Poland out of nowhere would, would not have been a very yeah. rational choice. So, so errant missiles notwithstanding, where do you, I mean, do you see this ending anytime soon. You're the only one that's consistently pointed out that I've seen in the media that this has been going on since 2014, by the way, between these two countries. Do you see, how, do you see this playing out at all? Um, yeah, and, and thank you for noticing that. Yeah. I think it's the most important context here. Is this, this is going on for almost a decade, and I really find it hard to believe that it's just going to abruptly end. Um, but I do think what's going to happen is it is starting to not be to the benefit of either side to have this level, this escalation of violence, this spread out in the Ukrainian territory for this long. So um, I can see a short-term future where there's some form of negotiation that results in a partial Russian withdrawal, and then we just end up where we were before February, which is the Donbass region is a war zone. It's, it's you know, the, the people who live there have to live with this horrendous war, yeah. but the elites in Kiev and the elites in Moscow are happy, and they, you know, sanctions get lifted, and so the people with influence and power and money don't have to deal with the war anymore, but there's still, you know, hot spots where the local population has to deal with it. Francis, we got about 30 seconds left here, and we'll let you get out on this one. Do you see the Biden administration continuing to donate dollar after dollar to prolong this war to make it kind of a scapegoat for their failures? Yes, I think so. I think every time that the Biden administration gets pinned on inflation or any domestic issue, they start talking about Ukraine, and I don't see them changing that strategy. Francis, what are you working on at Breitbart? Well, I'm doing some G20 coverage wrap-up, um, Xi Jinping scolding Justin Trudeau, mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and you know uh, China's coronavirus outbreaks and the ongoing lockdown. Yeah, did, did we, I mean, I noticed, I, know, I knew Joe Biden met up with President Xi. Um, did they talk about uh, Wuhan labs and Uyghur Muslim slaves at 
at all? I'm assuming, nope. No. They talked what? about no pandemic. They talked about no genocide. Mm, just, just climate, climate change. change. Okay. Climate change, right. cartoons, and all things Joe Biden's interested in. <laughs> all right, Francis Martel, world editor at Breitbart. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.